Welcome to the Always Never Write podcast, a podcast with adult ingredients and a member of the Podfix Network. We are a podcast for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and are wondering just how the fuck that happened. Hello, everyone. I am Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk about friendship, uh, toxic friends, and those ride or die bitches who are the ones that we think really count. Uh, But before we get started, what do we drink, my dear? You know, in order to hit the mark for our theme, we're drinking an actual drink. I mean, this is some <laughs> strong shit. This is called the adios, motherfucker, because by the end of this, you're going to hopefully be ready to say adios to all those toxic friends who don't enrich your life. This actually has gin, vodka, tequila, rum, blue curacao, a little bit of 7-Up. That's pretty much it. I mean, that's the shit. And did you say tequila? Uh huh. I said tequila. Okay. I already forgot. <laughs> this is some pretty strong shit. Like, it's pretty much all alcohol, and it doesn't actually, to me, have a lot of flavor, except I taste the gin, because gin. And I taste the tequila, because I am immune to gin. Well, not immune, but accustomed. I used aviation gin because I thought, well, maybe you're supposed to taste some of the flavors. You know, vodka's pretty low flavor. I did use my um, Absolute Elix because I'm out of my crystal head. Um, So with that being the case, I thought, well, I'm not going to taste a lot of that because it's just got those lovely mellow cocoa tones. And I thought, well, I'll use the aviation gin because it's a little more. Oh, no, I didn't use aviation. I lied. I used the botanist. Oh, no wonder you taste the gin. But, you know, the botanist isn't too bad. It's an Eile gin, and it's from Eile gin from Scotland. It's made by the same people who make Brooklady. Really? Scotch. Yes. Ah, interesting. Distiller. So you'd cool. think it would be even better. And it's not so bad. And it's pretty. Oh, there you go. Pretty counts. It's in a pretty bottle, and it's like... All of their botanicals are hand harvested and stuff. So that's cool. Um, I went the opposite, though. I used as much stuff that had as little flavor as possible because there was so much stuff going in there. I was a little worried. Like water? Oh, no, because tequila, no matter what you do, has a shit ton of flavor. So it tastes all like tequila. But I did use Crystal Head because it's so pure. And I used um, McQueen and the Violet Fog because it's so smooth. That's yeah. And I used that, I can't remember the name of it, rum that we got when you were up there. So it doesn't taste like coconut. Delicious rum. Yeah. I wish, I wish to hell I could remember the name of it right now. I That's used some kind of rum that we had like a little sample bottle that I was at the liquor store one time and Millie had gone with me and we chose, <laughs> she like picked out a bunch of sample bottles and stuff because she liked the way they looked. I should have used that tequila because I have these two tequila sample bottles. It would have been just the right size. There you go. I'm just grateful as hell I use Cabo Wabo because it's the mildest tasting tequila I've ever had. And it still tastes like fucking tequila up your ass. So, you know. Don't you think tequila kind of tastes a little bit like butterscotch? No, I think it tastes like um, our prior (laughs) fed Kevin puking in the sink over his shoulder. (laughs) That goes back to his thing ever. Oh my God, that was so fucking funny. That's a 25 year old story. Anyway. And it never gets old, is the thing. I mean, that was like a, an epic house party that you guys had. 
I also want to make a complete side note that I can't apparently put my glass on my actual little tabletop that I have the computer on because it keeps trying to just slide off the side, which might be good for me in the morning, but right now it's not helpful. We're not recording on our normal day, so we both have to go to work in the morning, although we normally have to go to work in the morning anyhow. We do. You know, that's all there. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk just a little bit about this. I want to start out by saying I have, I think I have four ride or die bitch friends that are like forever friends, never going to go anywhere. There's you, of course, which are my number one ride or die. There's Uh, Rexy. There's my friend Hannah, who I've been friends with literally since I was like two. Oh, yeah. And she's amazing, but she has a lot of sort of issues happening right now. So she's a little bit of work, but she's worth it, you know? And then I have another friend who I don't think you've met yet. This is my friend from high school, and her name's Janice. And I think you're going to get a chance to meet her because she's actually planning to come visit next, like in the fall. And I actually... (laughs) I think she might move here. Really? Yeah. You're, just, you're building your little commune right I'm now. I'm building a community. I'm building a community. Commun- commune. Know? Had to commune. <laughs> no, commune is like more sexy than this. <laughs> this is not sexy. <laughs> well, you're involved and Rexy, so of course it's sexy. Yeah, but we don't sexy, so, you know. Okay. Are you going to raise your own chickens? I think that's the cutoff. I'm not going to raise my chickens. No okay. chickens. Community it is. Although, Aunt Ella raises chickens. <laughs> Rockin'. Can I buy eggs from her? There's nothing yeah, like a good farm. You actually can, and her eggs are amazing. Awesome. If you're ever in the neighborhood, stop by, get some, because well, I recommend them. Farm eggs are the Anyway, best eggs. as far as ride or die goes, that's it. Now, I will say that... <laughs> <coughs> God, allergies. Mm. I will say that um, Janice and I, we have kind of a rocky time because we have times where we get along great and then we have times where we really butt heads. <laughs> but no matter what, I always know she's got my back. If I were, the way I look at it is if I were someplace in the world and I needed something and I could get a note to Janice, she would make sure that whatever I needed, I had covered. Just like I know the same for you. I know the same for Hannah. I know the same for Rexy. Whatever I needed, whatever they had to do, the four of you would make sure. If if I needed a plane to, I could be in the middle of Africa. And if I could get a note to one of the four of you, because I was stranded, I needed a plane ticket, I needed food, I needed something, you would make sure it got taken care of. And I oh, think yeah. that that's, the definition of ride or die bitch. I think that's a very good way to define it. So awesome. I want to get cute little glasses like yours with the ball at the bottom, by the way. That's really cute. <laughs> you like that? I love yeah. that. Good. So anyway, I digress. But yeah, I think, and it's important to have your ride or die bitches. Obviously you are one of mine. Yeah. Um, you and Sarah are, and, uh, are two of my absolute, you're my two absolute best ride or die bitches. Yeah. Outside of my sister, you know, because I know. Sisters Um, don't count. Like Ella, my sister Ella, she doesn't count because, yeah. 
Yeah. Not all family counts, which we can get into later. We will definitely get into that later. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you and Sarah are big time ride or die bitches for me. As um, one of my friends from college who I know that I can go and um, I cannot see her because this has happened. I hadn't seen her for five years. We sat down and had lunch. It was like no time had passed whatsoever. And we knew automatically... You know, What's her name? Linda. I mean, I know absolutely. Linda. I met her. Yeah. Yeah, you did. And she she's definitely a ride or die bitch. Yep. I love her immensely. And there's and it's not that I don't want to denigrate any other friends either of us have ever had. Like, I don't want to be a bitch about this. But like, if you got a message to Linda, could she would she really like move heaven and earth to get you taken care of? I know I she's got a lot of shit going on. I think she would. I think she would. I don't think everybody who I still consider a dear friend could, but I know she would. You know what I mean? I I know that there's like, there's the difference between could and would, but there's Mm. also like, I feel like people, even if you can't like, because you don't have, you don't have the money or you don't have this. If you had to, you would find a way to do it. Mm. You know, I think that that's what it comes down to. Those yeah. people who would, like, I don't care what I have to do. I would sell plasma. I would call my parents and be like, I need this. This is important. I'm sorry to have to do this to you. That's mm. the kind of thing. I feel like that's that's mm. where it comes down. That makes sense. That does make sense. I think um, were it not for her three kids, she would in a heartbeat. But obviously, yeah. you got to put your kids first. Of course. Of course. So. So the reason we started with this topic is we had a listener named Arlene, who who is a wonderful woman. Arlene, thank you so much for suggesting this topic. Arlene has had some issues with friends who are maybe not as supportive as they could be. Um, Maybe they had some jealousy around things, or maybe they were um, not as kind as they could be. Uh, Arlene sent us a note. Yeah, they were entitled. Arlene sent us a note about one friend who was talking about trying to make her buy something that she didn't necessarily want to buy just because the friend said, well, you can afford it. I can't. Well, Hmm. it might've been something the friend wanted to buy, but Arlene didn't necessarily want to buy it. So the problem becomes, is there, is there jealousy with friends? And I think jealousy is healthy and I can, I can put this in a in a context because Rexy and I were actually just talking about this this last week. Ah, okay. I know, right? I love Rexy. Um, we had a situation at work where I was offered a position that... And I've not heard this, so this will be... Yeah, this is new. Okay. Um, okay. So we have these things at, at work called rotations that are kind of like internships. And I was offered this internship type of thing, a rotation that could have been offered to just about anybody. And Rexy had some extra insight into certain aspects of this that she would have been very good at. There are other aspects of it that I would have been very good at. And it was kind of like a six to one, half a dozen to another in many ways. However, they offered it to me. They didn't interview for it like they normally do. And so because of that, she had a little bit of jealousy and at the same time she was also very happy for me that I was offered this opportunity because it's a good opportunity to get 
FaceTime with some of the beautiful people, you know, the <laughs> higher ups. C-suite. My name is on a lot of lists, um, mm-hmm. like really high up lists to the point where like I saw other names on the list and I freaked out a little bit like, oh, my <laughs> God, I can't even like, why is that person on the same list as I am? That's not OK. <laughs> the kind of list that this person does videos and sends them out to the entire company. And I work for a company that's 10,000 plus people. So if somebody's sending a video out to the entire company, that's a pretty big deal. And the lists are kind of a big deal. So the fact that it was me and 15 other people on this list with this person, um, that's a big deal. And it means that that person has visibility onto this project that I'm working on and is paying attention to what I'm doing and what my team is doing. This team of like 14 people that I'm supervising. And so of course, Rexy could have been offered this same thing, but it was offered to me. And so she admitted to me that as happy as she is that I got it and as justified as she thinks it is she had a little bit of jealousy and I understand that I would have been jealous if she got it but at the same time I also would have been happy for her and I would have understood why they gave it to her over me because she has certain skill set that I could see fitting into this and she said the same thing she said I have these skills I have these four skills you have these six skills and that's why they gave it to you. They assessed our skills. They said this was appropriate for you and that's why you got this. And while I'm a little bit jealous, I'm also really happy that you got this. If anybody's going to get it, it should be you. And that's why you two are ride or die bitches. Because not only can you be both jealous and happy for someone at the same time, but you can talk freely about it. Exactly. no one gets hurt. Yeah, and that's exactly. huge. That's very that rare. That's, I think that's absolutely true. And I think that that's a good mark of a person who is going to be part of your circle forever. Because mm-hmm. that's the type of person who will say to you, you deserve this. Or who will actually call you on the carpet and say, you know, I understand you got that. But I don't think you deserve it. And here's why. I should have gotten it instead of you. And they'll probably make a very compelling case. And you'll probably be able to, if you're able to be objective, say, you know, you're totally right. There have been definite times where during the course of this rotation, I've thought to myself, why the fuck did they give this to me? I don't know anything about X. And yet during the course of it, I also know I have made valid contributions. I have had days where I was like, oh, I did this. I was able to say this. I was able to call this particular thing out and other people might not have noticed that. All right. So since this is their first time I've heard about this position, um, when we're done recording, we're hitting stop and you're telling me all about it because damn woman. Okay. It's <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it definitely is daunting when you have something like that, but it is helpful when you have a person that even though, even though they might have a little bit of jealousy that you know that you can count on to back you up because I've had opportunities to run things by her. And, and even when I'm doubting myself, I'll say, I just don't understand why I was picked for this. 
and she will enumerate all the reasons that she believes I was picked for it. Yeah. And that's wonderful. Oh, it absolutely is. Because, I mean, especially um, if I, not to sound sexist, but especially women in the workplace, we doubt ourselves a lot. Of course. Because we have a a long history of not always being heard. Yeah. Yeah. so it's very important for us to lift each other up so that yeah. we remember the value we're that. actually adding. And I think that even aside from the workplace, we have a, a time in our lives where we have to support each other. We have to tell each other how we feel about things. And that's not always well received. Mm. I, can, I can list out a person who didn't receive it well. I mm. had... I had a person who I thought was going to be a ride or die. And, um, except Mary. Boy- uh, yeah. And she had a boyfriend and that boyfriend didn't treat her very well, but they broke up and over time she kind of moved on and did a couple, you know, had a couple other boyfriends and didn't really bond with any of them. And then she kind of decided she wanted to get back with him but she didn't want to tell me because she was afraid of how I would react. Uh. And so one day I went to visit her. She was working a second job, went to visit her. And she said to me, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I don't think you're a good person. I don't think you're good enough. And I don't want to see you anymore. Like out of nowhere. And this struck me just It hit me like a knife because I thought she was my best friend at the time. Mm. I thought she was my best friend and I didn't even know what to think. And for the longest time, I believed her. She was the one whose hair caught on fire at my first wedding. She actually is the one whose hair caught on fire. And I love that quote. Yeah, that that was awesome. So I remember we were all friends at the time. And I remember you telling me that and me thinking, what a fucking idiot. She doesn't know what she has. Someone who's willing to hold her feet for feet to her fire when she's being a dumb shit. That's valuable. And I had done, I had done ride or die things for her. Do you remember the time we went out and she got roofied? Yes, I remember. And we We took took her to the hospital and I came and picked her up the next morning and it didn't matter because the dude that she liked was like, whatever, and fucking took off on her. Another reason that I thought he wasn't, like, good enough for her. Damn straight he wasn't. When she said I wasn't a good person, I believed her. And Mm. then one day, about, I don't know, six years after that, I was at the doctor's office, and there was this old couple, and the old man was trying to help the old lady, And he was having a hard time and he was kind of rickety and she was kind of rickety. And I opened the door for them and I helped her into the car and helped him. And Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, motherfucker, I am a good person. That bitch. Well, yeah. All of a sudden I realized that she was wrong and I was right. And like that was, it was a defining moment for me because, and I know that one good act doesn't make you a good person, but I think that that emphasized to me just the fact that I was doing that just emphasized to me all of the other things that I had done in my life that made me a good person oh yeah I realized look you bitch (laughs) (laughs) and I and I literally hope 
and I, and I know that this is so petty. I literally hope that she has no joy in her life. Well, if she's with what's his face still, I'm sure she does not. And she doesn't understand why. I think she is with what's his face still. Oh, that's very sad. I kind of, but honestly, I think about it because that was so impactful and so hurtful for me. Hmm. For her to say that, it just dug a a knife into my heart. And I didn't even know. And she was also friends with my sister for a long time. And they continued to be friends for a little while afterwards. And I finally said to my sister, Ella, I need you to not be friends with her. I need you to just stop being friends with her. And you didn't have to, she didn't have to like say anything mean or like, look, bitch, you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> I just needed her to like, you know, ghost it. Yeah. And it was the most hurtful thing that has ever happened to me for somebody to tell me that I wasn't a good person. But at the same time, if she thought I was toxic and she was not getting benefit from our friendship, then I give her credit for that because I think everybody has that what's real for you is real for you. Yeah, but I'll say what she was mostly getting out of it was um, people who accepted all of her decisions unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, you know, I remember my dad saying once, why do you ask for my advice? Why do you ask for my advice when you never take it? And I remember thinking, because I want it, but it doesn't mean I'm going to take it every time. Um, and I'm and- super aware of that because T asked me that. T talked about that <laughs> one time. Like he had had that issue with previous relationships mm. where he would give his advice or his input and it would be disregarded. And I wanted to say, it's not that I'm disregarding it. I want your input. I just want to weigh that against my own thoughts and I may decide to incorporate that or I may decide to say no I'm going to go ahead and go my own way even though I understand that this is your your idea (laughs) and I'll give my dad credit it took him 30 years before I finally drove him to that point because I did that a lot (laughs) (laughs) and he hung in there and loved me unconditionally anyway but I knew we knew that was okay that was our arrangement (laughs) But there are, you know, there are, and and being a good friend doesn't mean you have to accept all the advice or you have to accept everything unconditionally. It just means you're in there. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah, that's true. With the faults, with the good stuff, with the bad stuff. Well, I certainly don't support you unconditionally. (laughs) I fucking tell you. Oh, yeah. You give me lots no, of That's conditions. the stupidest fucking thing I ever heard, girl. What are you even thinking? And many times I do it anyway. And you're like, okay, your choice. Yep. <laughs> and that's cool. And if you want to do it, that's cool. At least I got to say my thing. That's right. And the yeah. same way. I mean, if you tell me that I'm making a mistake, I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's all right. You're going to do what you're going to do. And but the cool part about it is later on, if I am like, yeah, you're right. You get to be like, <laughs> I told you so. And vice versa. <laughs> I know. Right. It's awesome. <laughs> and a ride or die bitch gets to say, oh, motherfucker, I told you so. I told 
told you that was going to happen. Even my mom has done that. She only did it once, but she did it. She enjoyed it. And then she dropped it and moved on. (laughs) And that's a ride or die bitch right there. (laughs) That's the difference between your mom and my mom. My mom does not drop it. Oh, that's terrifying. She's like, remember when I told you that 17 years ago? Nope. I don't. (laughs) Oh, my. So... There's that. That's so. Fun. Let's talk about let's talk about how family can figure into this. <laughs> you just pitched it over the net to me. So we have talked just a little bit about Aunt Betty and cousin Randy and Donkey, and on the other end of the spectrum, we've talked about your sister Ellen. And we've talked about Levi. Let's talk just a little bit about the ride or die aspect of family yeah and and you know i mean here's the thing um levi and ellen are complete and utter ride or die i mean i know i could say anything at any moment they would be there protecting me after the incident i described in episode six which i won't get into now levi was ready to go driving the streets of the Midwestern city in the middle of the night, looking for anyone who even looked like the person who perpetrated the event. uh, So he could beat the living shit out of him. I mean, even no, but um, I mean, all things society, you know, like all the things I did to him when I was young and all the ways he went after me when I was little, like, you know, saying when I was six, here, shoot this shotgun, it'll be fine. And I flipped over backwards and had a bruise in my shoulder for a few weeks. Um, I mean, he would have done that. Um, Ellen too is when I, um, I mean, she let me live with her for a while because I was having somewhat of an anxiety breakdown and she just let me move into her house. It was pretty awesome. So, um, that's pretty cool. Then what you don't want is the ride or die like aunt Betty, who, if you called her at 3am because your car was broken down on the side of the road, she absolutely would come pick you up. I have no doubt. But at the next 30 minimum family dinners, you would hear all about it <laughs> constantly. So there's a yeah. difference. You there's also a difference. want my Uncle Barry, who would talk about, I mean, he was ride or die. I mean, he would make sure you were taken care of. However, Uncle Barry was the biggest, biggest bigot. Oh, no. <laughs> he told me one time, he used to call me Gypsy, because my middle name is Rose. Ah. He'd be like, oh, Gypsy, you know, all the black people in America got together and had a convention. And they oh, decided God. they were going to try and wipe out the white race by marrying all the blonde hair, blue eyes girls they could find. Motherfucker, are you kidding me? <laughs> and having little mulatto babies. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Oh. Right. Okay. So, so, him and Aunt Betty could be best friends. Families can, and here's the lesson I take from this. Families can very much teach you about compartmentalization. Holy shit. About, about how you can love someone without necessarily liking or respecting them. I didn't actually love him or like him or respect him. <laughs> I thought uh, he was a dumbass and I had zero respect for him. <laughs> and that's why your your bluntness is one of the reasons why you're one of my ride or die bitches. Um, but he was I, only an uncle by marriage. And 
my aunt ended up divorcing him and I was like, woo! Good woman. I mean, it was after a lot of years, but holy shit. Like, he told me that he had come to pick me up from college one weekend, driving me back. He told me that. And I, like, literally sat in his truck, like, <laughs> what the actual fuck are you talking about? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I think there are, you know, there are some blood relatives I have who've been like that. And you can't cut them out. But no, there there are things I, I am. I learned very early on from Aunt Betty and Grandma and all the weird kind of mildly dysfunctional um, extended family crap we had going on. Um, I learned very on very early on how to compartmentalize certain things. And I've applied that to friendship, too. Not going to lie. There are. Um, well, I. I you know, much in the same way I could love and respect certain things about my grandma without liking her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd learned a lot about how um, sometimes certain friendships present you with opportunities, but you can't delve into certain areas with that friend. Um, like with Aunt Betty, I could never talk about things like going to law school and what my grades were like and and stuff like that, because she would always say, well, Randy did this, and Randy's so much better than you, and Grandma would do the same thing, and then I, and Donkey's so much prettier than everybody, and Randy's so much smarter, and I'd be all like, yeah, I'm gonna, like, not talk about that anymore. Um, You're like, but Donkey if, might be pretty, but Randy is not smarter than anybody. No. But I learned how to um, compartmentalize and because I I have one friend who is such a dear person and a good hearted person. Um, But I discovered fairly early on, I'm her trauma friend. When when she's going through something dramatic and intensely personal and like a big relationship is breaking up, that's when she would call me. The rest of the time, I didn't I didn't exist in her world. And I remember this was particularly painful one time when I had been, I had just left the one job because it was precarious. I was just figuring out the job I left it for was jumping from the firing pan into the fire. And I felt very precarious. And she mentioned how, oh yeah, and such and such company went along and they offered me this much money, but I would have had to take a pay cut. So I had to turn it down. And I remember thinking, okay, bet you turned out a pay cut that would have been a raise for me. And you never once thought when you didn't want it, which I won't begrudge your entertaining it, but you never thought once when you didn't want it, knowing everything I was going through, you never thought to give them my name as a potential. I mean, I don't think to do that, though. No, but she in some ways should have. But but I can cut that. I can cut past that. But. It also occurred to me, she was talking to me about how she realized the problem wasn't her work life, it was her home life, and yet another relationship was breaking up, and I and it was like, that's why it took three years for you to get back to me after the last time we talked, because three years was when the last relationship broke up. I mean, I just, that's when the, the pattern was, finally crystallized. Do you think some of it was humble brag? Possibly in order to make herself feel better about the other sure. circumstances going on. Because um, it was, I was very happily with Spleen 
for a long time by the time that happened, like uh, about 10 years by the time that happened. And she had not had that kind of luck. And so I can see that kind of, I still have this, even if I don't have that, which I'll admit, being happily married means far more to me than, you know, having the perfect career. I mean, I'm very grateful now that I kind of have both, but um, I realize I'm the, I am the trauma friend. When something traumatic is going on, she'll reach out. And you know what? I'm okay. If I'm comforting and I provide that for her, that's fine. But I know I, I'm not going to worry about confiding in her and certain things, which feels kind of sucky in some ways, but in other ways, I'm like, it is what it is. Um, no, I might almost entertain her as just a um, <laughs> entertainment value. <laughs> so what's going on in your life? How bad is it? I have one of those too. It's I have a friend who had a major boob job since college and oh, so fun. She, she spent so much money on them. She shows them off on Facebook every opportunity she has. So I yeah. kind of watch that like a hawk just because I'm like, <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't begrudge anyone plastic surgery, but no, you I know, think plastic surgery is completely okay. And we might have to have a whole episode about it. Yeah. But when everything on your Facebook profile is all about your $10,000 boobs, I'm going to judge. I'm sorry. I'm a bitch that way. Um, so anyway, <laughs> but there are, but there are friends you can have that are certain, you're a certain function in their life and they're a certain function in your life. I mean, maybe someone has a great sense of humor, but you just can't stand hearing about how they really hate the price of eggs. You know what? I'll call you in for some jokes and then <laughs> bye. Um, but then there's also friends who, once you realize you're only serving a certain purpose for them, it's totally okay to cut them off. I had one friend who yeah. begged for money all the freaking time and I felt bad for him for the longest time. So I would be like, okay, well, I can PayPal you 35 bucks to go get some groceries and right. I can do this to help you out. And this is all while I'm, while we're paying off my student loans, my husband's student loans, a mortgage, all this other stuff. And I'm still trying to help him out every chance I can. And um, it finally reached a point where I'm like, there was one point where I sat there and I'm like, okay, you know what? Um, this is all I can do right now to try to help you out. And he goes, it was like 35 bucks. And he goes, can you up that to 50? And I'm like, I really can't. I just bought my daughter a plane ticket home from Europe um, from studying at uni. And he goes, well, you don't have to fly your first class. And I'm like, Fucker, please. I'm not. And it wasn't long after that where I'm like, you know what? This is toxic. Yep. This is toxic and this is leeching and I don't need this. And boom. And actually, it was Arlene who helped me sever that. I think there comes a time <clears throat> when you have to really look at the friends who are not enriching your life. Um, if the friend is feeding into some part of it, whether they're giving you entertainment value or something, even if it's just on the periphery, I think there's something to be said for that. However, and and not every person has to be ride or die. Like you don't have to have ride or die with everybody. No. But I think that there is, it's an okay for you to have certain friends that fit into certain, you know, little categories like these are our couple friends and they might be somebody that I wouldn't go out with normally. Like I wouldn't go shopping with just her, but if we're out for a couple's event, this would be somebody we'd go with. 
And then there's also your individual friends that you might go do something with. This is my shopping friend. She loves to shop. We go shopping. That's all we do. I have zero things in common with her otherwise, but we love to shop together. Um, this is my cocktail friend. She loves cocktails. I love cocktails. She might be an alcoholic. Not my problem. We go have cocktails together, and that's cool. Oh, well, that and might be a little enabling, but yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> not your problem. <laughs> and then there's the people who you have that deeper connection that you know are, I can talk to them about anything. I can ask their opinion. I can get their advice. I can take their advice or leave it. Um, but more often than not, I'm going to weigh their advice against the things that I think are true. And I, and I think that's, that's kind of the thing. So, you know, Arlene, who suggested this topic kind of listed it as she had a friend who was trying to incite her to spend money because, oh, well you have the money and I don't. Well, what does that person add to your life? If that person is worth spending your time with and if if spending the extra money to have that person around is worth it, then keep them. If it's not, cut them loose. There's no harm in that. You can have work friends that you just go have lunch with when you're at work. You would never see them outside of work. You would never like call them on the weekend and be like, hey, man, let's go hang out. But there are people who you do fit into a pigeonhole. And whether that's cool or not, it's it's just the way life works. And there's people that you think um, might become ride or die, and it's fine to keep looking through. I mean, I, I have the feeling that the drunk housewives are going to end up being ride, and die, ride or die because yeah. they fucking rock. Yeah. And I'm They're so happy cool. to... And they welcomed us in and are like, hi, come on, play, and let's go do awesome shit. And they're amazing, and I love it. So yeah, anyway. They're pretty cool. But I digress. So I just had to, oh, I just had to shout out. I had to shout out Sarah and Tina and Jenny and, and Mandy. Sarah, Tina, Jenny, Mandy, all those guys, they're worth it. Absolutely. So yay. So. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Um so, yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, that's one of those things where you find those ride or dies. You may identify some that could turn into it, but not everybody does. And it's okay. But if they're not adding to your life, if they're not making you feel better about yourself, you don't need them in your life. There's no reason to keep them around because you have other people who will add to that. And if you open the door, somebody will step in. And that includes family. I mean, sometimes there's toxic family members you just have to cut off or limit severely in some ways, compartmentalize. That is okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's that completely ironic that you're the one saying that. <laughs> <laughs> thank I you. Do, I do want to thank Arlene for suggesting this topic. I think it's really important to cover. And, and I think that there's a lot of people that are afraid to cut off those people who are toxic and don't make their lives better. But I want to quote Millie because Millie has said that her only, her first tattoo is going to be, and this is important because of her Tourette's and everything else. She says, those who matter don't mind, and those who mind don't matter. And I think that that's completely true for toxic friends. And for friends who are ride or die, you can completely 
look into somebody's heart and know where they fit in that spectrum. So, okay, let's close this out. Don't forget to check out our website, alwaysneverwrite.com. Hit those recipes and episode guidance. Peep the contact us page. And like Arlene did, let us know if you'd like to hear us talk about your topic. We'll work hard to cover it for you. You can message us on our Facebook page. We do check that regularly. And don't forget to tell your true friends that they can enjoy the podcast every week. Uh, We release new episodes every Sunday. And if you're stuck in quarantine, it's the perfect opportunity to binge listen. (laughs) Absolutely. So (sighs) your friends can always find us wherever they get their digital media. And this has been a Bitches Get Real episode of Always. Never. Right. I'm Jill. And I'm Gina, and thank you so much for making us a part of your week. And we'll talk more next week, my dolls. And thanks for joining us on the Podfix Network. I love you, man. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guilty as sin assholes.